welcome back to the Talking Sports Better Than Most podcast, where we just are just two days away, three days away, I'm sorry, from the Sunday at the Masters where Scotty Scheffler came victorious and now has won more money in his last, like, seven months, I think, than Jack Nicholas, Arnold Palmer, and Gary Player. <laughs> He's had a pretty good couple of weeks. He's, um, I think it was the shortest time from winning a tournament to number one in the history of PJ Tour. I think he completely destroyed it, too. I mean, winning three times. Was it three times or four times now? Yeah, three times. And he became number one without even winning a major. Yeah. And then, of course, won the Masters. So, definitely, Sunday at the Masters was, um, for all intents and purposes, done after three holes. Um, On the flip side, it was great to have all the fans back. It was the first normal springtime Masters since Tiger won back in 2019. So the roars were there. The fans were great. There were some memorable moments, and we'll talk about all the players, but we'll start with Scotty, who um, really, I I don't know if he had his best ball striking all week, but I'll tell you what, the kid can scramble. He can chip and putt. To me, he's a better Jordan Spieth. I think he's a little more consistent than um, Jordan, but uh, he had the hooks. He had the draw going since about the 18th hole on Saturday, and for some reason just um, he chipped one in and he never looked back. And um, so it was definitely just a walk in the park down the back nine for Scotty. I know Rory, and we'll talk about Rory in a minute. But on the flip side, um, it was really never in doubt. I mean, Scotty, once he chipped it in at three, and let's be honest, that was probably his worst drive of the week. And on any other hole at Augusta National, I think would have been dead. But he got another generous break. He got a huge drop Saturday afternoon um, that we analyzed Saturday evening. Got a huge break on the third hole on Sunday. Got a chance to move it. Had a clear shot. Didn't hit the best second shot, um, but he chipped it in. Got the bird, and um, it, it just turned the tide. I mean, it, it, it was over from that point on. Well, yeah, I think... Because Cam Smith got down to a one-shot lead on that third hole, and then he hit his short, too. I think if he hits that on the green, I think we could have a completely different story, and maybe that puts more of a fear into Sky Scheffler, because he got to go first, and then he set the tone, obviously, making it, and then um, Cam Smith, obviously, I think made a bogey, so then he lost his, he went back to a three-shot deficit. And I think that's just like, I think you're right from there, just like, just deflated him completely. Scotty um, was sucking wind there for a little bit. No, I mean, he was. He, he was. He was. It was. Um. It was. He was on interesting. His knees begging for mercy to uh, have another chance at with uh, that three shot lead, and once he got it back, he didn't look back, and he just, like you said, I mean, he just did. From there on out, it felt like he kind of just was going through the motions. It didn't really look like he did anything particular. Um, he makes putts. He's good. He's great around the greens. Um, he definitely is a little shakier with the striking of the ball, but I tell you what, that's a score. They talk about him being such a great ball striker. I I differ on that opinion. I think putting is his weakest part of his game. But you think putting is the weakest part of his game? Yeah, I do. I think I think, and I I don't think he's that great of an iron player either. I'm just saying that he can chip with the best of them, and um, when he puts well, he's going to win. Um, like I said, I think he's a better Jordan Spieth. Um, he's definitely not as inconsistent as Spieth off the tee. Um, I think Scotty's got that go-to cut. Um, and when the swing goes a little off, he's going to pull it. That's going to be his miss. But I think, you know, Tiger Woods compared him to Fred Couples right now, where in 1992, Couples got hot. 
and you know won three tournaments, won the Masters, became number one in the world. Scotty, basically the exact same thing now, won four tournaments, won the Masters, became number one in the world. So the question is, it's going to be hard, I feel like, to continue the streak, but if you think about it, and this really all started last year at the Ryder Cup when he was a captain's pick. People maybe were a little nervous as to him being a captain's pick for never winning a tournament. But and then he went out and beat John Ramos. Yeah, like and he just, it, it, it basically gave him, I mean, it shows you about confidence, I guess, in sports. Because I'll tell you what, he went out there, had a great Ryder Cup record, carried it on to this season, and, um, I mean, he, he dominated the Masters. I mean, there's just no other way to put it. it. It did get close, like you said, on that third hole down to a shot, but it was for one hole, it looked like it was close, and then the rest was just... Yeah, I don't think he ever lost a lead from about... Middle of Friday. Yeah, I mean, once he got it, he put a stranglehold on it, and it yeah. really, it really was not. I don't know. It, I didn't. To be honest with you, I watched him make a birdie on 15, and I turned it off and went and did some work, and never watched the end of it. So, I don't think since I was 1996 that I never watched the end of the Masters. But it just, it wasn't. It it was boring to me at the end. Um, but I mean, he's a great player, and. Um, you know, it was interesting. Um, I was reading online. He said his favorite course in the world is Southern Hills. Yeah. Which is odd because that's where the next major championship is. I don't know why I didn't read into it. I just read the quote. Um, so we'll see if he can win the second leg of the Grand Slam. And I'll tell you what, right now, no one's hotter in the world than him. At some point, though, you think you got to hit a peak and you're going to fall off a little bit. He's still got a month before Southern Hills, so maybe... Um, he can kind of re, you know, recharge, but um, he's definitely the best player in the world right now. He's the best American golfer in the world right now, and um, he absolutely dominated the Masters. Um, even though I think he could have been beaten, I mean, he 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 had some shaky shots for sure. But well, Rory wishes he had another eighteen holes. Yeah, like they said, Rory for some reason just keeps going, and boom. So, um, so that was Scotty. The next player we want to talk about, obviously, is Cam Smith because Cam, obviously, I think, is the second hottest player in the world. And, well, between holes 3 and 11, I mean, he had an outside shot. I think he was three down going to the 12th tee. And Augusta National and the 12th hole, it never fails to amaze. It got someone again. And it was... And it could have got Scotty, too. Yeah. And, uh, they, were, they were polar opposite shots. Scotty... Uh, Cam hit it right, and then Scotty just heard from him right from the second he hit it. He was like, I don't know what he said, but it was something like, oh, God. And, you know, yeah, I mean, we've all been there. If we if you golf, you've all been there, and you hit a shot, and you want to just look away. And he hit a terrible shot, and once again, I mean. Again, a great break. Yeah, I mean, that ball could have stayed up in there. It could have been anywhere. Um, and he hit it, I guess. I mean, the only positive you can say is he hit it where he at least could have a second shot as opposed to obviously hitting it in the water, but still it's a terrible shot that you know, these once players, again just got, I shouldn't say rewarded, but he definitely got a huge break. Because I think he made par. Yeah. I mean, he easily he made, made bogey or double bogey. Par, actually, all the way across the green. But, yeah. you know, these players are the best in the world, and Cam Smith is, without question to me, the second best player in the world right now. But it shows you where a lack of experience, specifically at Augusta National, came into play. Because when he lined up, he was aimed to the right of the hole there. He was going for it. And the 12th hole at Augusta National is not one on Sunday that you go for. Now, he's long enough to eagle 13, eagle 15, 14 was in an easy spot. 
16 was in an easy spot. He should have known, you know, 12 is not, the 12th hole wasn't going to win him the Masters, but it was going to lose him the Masters, and it yeah. sure enough did. So the 12th hole at Augusta, it never fails to amaze me. I told you on Saturday, I think, when we were watching it, that I would just be, I would love to play that hole because I can't even imagine what it must be like standing on that tee. But Cam Smith made the ultimate paid the ultimate price for hitting just a bonehead shot he should never have gone at that flag and um he did and he paid the price and um boy it was it shook him up you could tell he was he was done from that point on obviously but the 12th hole at augusta national strikes again yeah i mean it's definitely been the subject of some larger scores just like uh a certain island green well for some of us here too that's true. It's it's um, I but I'm, I I hit the green twice last summer, so there you go. But um, I don't know. He's going to be a force to reckon with. Um, we'll see if he's got short term memory or how long it kind of stings with them. Again, it's not like he was leading the Masters, and he probably wasn't going to come back and win this thing. But on the flip side, it was it was he just. It's like a bomb going off. <laughs> I mean, he just, you couldn't believe it. He looked like he kind of gained a little momentum, or maybe was he down two or three? I think he was down three because he made that great birdie putt at 11 it. and really kind of got fired up. And um, I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, I think it was three still, but still. He had all the With 13 and 15 and 14 and 16. Set the tone, just like he yeah, had the chances just, to do it at. Now, let's talk about Rory McIlroy, who um, we talked about all week on the podcast as would it ever happen. And um, he definitely gave us the shot of the tournament mm-hmm. and definitely brought back the loudest roars we've heard at Augusta since 2019 in Tiger Woods. Obviously, the fans want him to win. TV wants him to win. Everybody wants Rory to win the Masters to complete the Grand Slam. Um, and, and I you know, you can sit here and say, well, here we go again. You know, he struggles in the opening round, and if you play – Every round like he does the last round. I mean, if that wasn't a backdoor top two, I don't know what a backdoor top two is. Mm-hmm. I mean, he um, he's a great player. He's got all the shots. But I think he just wants the Masters too much. And on Sunday, he kind of probably takes that deep breath, ex- exhale. Because yeah, he knew he had basically no chance of no. winning. Um, but, I mean, I think it's got to build confidence that, you know, played great, um, should be happy. With his Sunday performance, and I mean, maybe he'll take it into, you know, the the PGA Championship or even into the Masters next year. Just when you get yourself what, twelve shot or was it twelve shots or was it ten shot? It was was Scotty nine under for three rounds? Uh, no, I think it was more than that. Was it? Was he? Yeah, I think he, he bogeyed to get to nine under. I think he was ten going eighteen, and then okay, so then he was. Eight, nine, 10, 11, or, whew, 10 shots back going into the round. Yeah, he was plus one. Yeah. But McElroy didn't birdie the second hole, the par five. He didn't birdie 15, didn't birdie 16. Again, he had chances. Um, and let's be honest, he's probably the only one that could rival the energy of Tiger Woods at the Masters. The fans want to well, yeah, win the Masters. Because they want to see him win it um, after all these years. It was a great bunker shot. It was great to see um, Morikawa. Yeah, um, they both put it in right yeah. after him. I mean, it was it was they both cool. hold out from the bunker yeah. over that at 18, and that was definitely. I mean, not easy shots, obviously at all. So the Twitter world though set a fire by Nick Baldo for um, exposing the shot before it happened, 
and telling the whole golf world when we uh, you could hear the roar, mm-hmm. whatever whoever they were showing, you heard the roar and you heard um, um, Nick Faldo say, "You're never going to believe what just happened at 18." Well, we all knew before they even went to 18 then what had happened. Um, that's the crazy thing about Augusta, unlike any other tournaments. You can hear something happening, and now you just wait to see what the TV goes to because you know that's where the roar came from. But um, Rory definitely with the eagle at 13, the birdie at 18. He set the world on fire. He's going to win a Masters. It just It's going to happen. I don't know when, but he's going to win a Masters, and it will definitely excite everybody somewhat so um it was pretty cool to see um it's great to hear um tiger woods well he got 72 holes in um i think his energy kind of gave up a little bit just kind of i mean i can't even imagine what i think that's what was so amazing as he kept saying is you can't believe you know what he went through to um to get to that point, and you could see it by the smile on his face. Um, I'd, I'd give him an A for the week. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think with um, with probably his worst putting four days of his career, um, I think with, without the putter, I think you could argue that he could have easily been just even par for the week, and even even par would be tremendous. Um, I mean, finishing the four days was tremendous, but um, I think... I don't think he hit the ball bad. I don't think he hit that many bad shots. He just, I mean, that was the worst I've ever seen him putt in my life. Obviously, I didn't get to see him all of his career, but, I mean, that was, he was very, very bad putting. And I think Tiger spent so much time hitting. Yeah. I think he took for granted that he knows Augusta's greens. Yeah. You know, like, okay, I've been there, done that, I know this, I know that. I mean, we talked about this on the podcast, I think, Saturday night, that Fred Couples said he hadn't hit. You know, Tiger did very little putting. Again, I don't know if that has something to do with the injury or just, again, taking for granted, like, okay, you know, that's the least of my concerns. But, um, I mean, he did say afterwards another um, exciting news. He's going to play in the Open Championship at St. Andrews. Um, Again, that golf course sets up perfect for him. He knows it well. He doesn't have to worry about walking up some big hills. The big question for him is what the weather is going to be like because he – openly admit it that the cold is definitely not his friend and you can get some pretty rough days at, at the open now that's two months what may june july it's two and a half months away yeah. so he three months away probably so he'll be definitely in better shape by then but yeah, it's good to away. know he's going to be there and um, he knows those conditions and i definitely think he's um uh, the problem is though you better work on that putting because those greens at st andrews all being double greens except for what four of them i mean you get some long putts, and um, his putter was definitely off. His speed was that that putt on seventeen on Sun on Saturday afternoon. Holy moly! I mean, it was that was rough. So he's well, he made the one coming back though. <laughs> that was on fourteen, right? Oh, was that on fourteen? Yeah, yeah it's fourteen on Sunday when he made that oh. long one. But um, he's he's definitely got some work to do. So it's exciting to know. Now he is um, he did put in his open certificate or whatever registration for the u.s open i can't imagine tiger woods going to the u.s open i think he'll go to the pga i think the pga will be a little kind of happy medium but that u.s open rough at the country club you just it's pointless for tiger to go there i don't think the u.s open is his tournament to win anymore even though i think tiger would rather win a tournament at one under par 
But, boy, I tell you what, that rough and his leg and his back right now, I just don't know if it's the best thing. But play the PGA, play the U.S. Open, I mean, play the Open Championship and see what happens. That's what I would tell him. Maybe you can call him and maybe he'll start to, like, take your advice and make you like his agent. Well, I've given you some advice and it's helped you. Like what? Well, we'll talk about it later. All right. Anyways, Augusta National never fails to disappoint, except for it did disappoint a little bit. I went on a little rant on Twitter, and everyone kind of agrees that that 15th hole at Augusta was boring. I don't think they had any eagles for the week. Nobody could get to the green in two. Um, Risk-reward. We want to see players hit in the water and make eights. We want to see players hit it on the green and make threes. And the 15th hole at Augusta National had the ultimate fail. The 11th hole they changed and made it easier off the tee, more difficult, they say, on the side of the green. We didn't get to see it, but they said eventually one year when it's firm, everyone's going to complain how unfair the 11th green is on the side. Well, I guess we'll wait and see. But the 15th hole was, quote-unquote, a dud. Yeah, I mean, I I agree. They didn't really make it uh, a hole where they could really get to. I mean, I know Tiger went for it on Friday and hit the green. But that was with also with a five wood in his hand, maybe three wood. So I mean, he was two fifty out. I mean, I understand why they made the tee box, and I don't I hate the idea. But I think I'm only going to do that when maybe it's downwind and where where the guys could have like irons in, like short irons almost in. Yeah, and they have like maybe it's two hundred. The guys are getting two hundred out, and downwind they might be hitting an eight iron, where you know. If that's the scenario, then maybe, yeah, you can put the tee back. But I don't think it really matters that much because either way, you still have to hit it in the right spot to hit the green. You can't hit it left. Well, on Sunday, they could move it up. Give guys a chance to make eagle, risk-reward. They kind of failed there. Kind of, It was kind of a, I mean, it was like no one's going to reach the green. So just an ultimate. Just not long enough. I mean, no length matters. Somebody with a micro brain made that decision, I feel like. That was that was not the right. No, decision. I completely agree. I think it was a terrible decision by Augusta. We talked about if they lengthened the thirteenth hole, that would make sense. Um, which rumor has it, but I kind of like it though. Yeah, thirteenth. I, I mean, because you don't see some guys can hit drivers, those. and then some guys have to just hit like a three wood off the tee and kind of hook it around there. I kind of, I kind of like it just because it's like you know we always hit the driver. Tonight it's just fun to hit something else and kind of challenge them. Because I mean, it's got you have to hit a good. You have to hit a tee ball within the... It's got a tough tee ball. I don't care if you're hitting a six iron or if you're hitting a three wood. It's still it's tough it's tough to hit it in within a certain window like that. Right. Even for pros. So... Yeah, so in the, in the end, it was a beautiful Sunday. Not the excitement. It did turn into a snoozer. But, you know, it's the Masters... And we're only about 350-some days away from the next Masters. Now, our old friend is back. The Saudi Golf League is back, folks. We talked about the downfall of Phil Mickelson. He is an open, he is registered for the U.S. Open, so we'll see if he shows up. Of course, the PGA, his defending defensive championship comes next. But um, the Saudi Golf League, Greg Norman came out yesterday and said that he stayed away from the Masters, but their league's going to start. They're going to make the announcement of some names. The biggest name there was Bubba Watson, two-time Masters champion. Hasn't won in several years. 
They were going to take Lee Westwood. Ian Poulter hasn't won in many years on the tour. Um, of course, Kevin Nye, I think, just won a couple years ago. He was another name, and uh, I think it's Jason Kokrak was the other name, which I don't think anybody really knows. Um, so it'll be really interesting, and I texted you earlier. Bubba Watson then tweeted out about 3 o'clock this afternoon his PGA Tour schedule, I think, hint, hint. Um, but it sounds like the Saudis are about to attempt to take over the PGA Tour somehow. Yeah, they can take those guys. They can... <laughs> well, the grass isn't always greater. That's going to be interesting to see what the majors do. I mean, will the Masters stand up, um, you know, uh, to, to Saudi Arabia? I mean, it's a country that's got a lot of issues, and um, they're just going to give people this money. And don't get me wrong, if you're the 400th player, 400 ranked player in the world and you can get more money in one tournament than you can playing for the whole year, then I Mm -hmm. get it. Um, But on the flip side, I think if you want to be a part of history, you want to play in this league, the bottom line is the PGA Tour is is where you're going to be. I hope the, the, the majors stand up. And I mean, the PGA Tour, the players make some good money. (laughs) that's not an issue I mean and for the wear and tear that they don't go through compared to what some other professional athletes are going through I don't think they can complain folks Um, I don't think so either I I don't know and there's enough money out there so um, it'll be interesting to see I for one am not a Bubba Watson fan he can he can hightail out and I don't think anyone's going to miss him then if anybody thinks the casual golf fan is going to watch Bubba Watson Ian Poulter and Lee Westwood go for it i mean i i don't know what greg norman's doing it's so weird that he would ruin his career um sticking up for saudi arabia and this pretend golf league but it just it's it's a joke um so it'll be interesting to see what ends up happening um but phil mickelson obviously started this all and um he's mia Bryson DeChambeau was the next one that was going to go, and of course he now is having hand surgery tomorrow. Um, so he's going to be MIA for a while. So it's just one of those things that's kind of funny to see who who's going to end up actually the domino effect. Yeah, leaving the PGA Tour and then how what it does. And don't forget the PGA Tour says you're going to be banned, but the four majors are not run by the PGA Tour. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, I don't know. The Masters has done so much to improve its reputation. Um, over the past 20 years that I just can't believe they would let somebody who's going to stand up for Saudi Arabia play at the Masters. That's just my personal opinion. And um, I think we got think we need to make, take a stand. It's an easy stand to take and um, be like Tom Brady saying, I'm going to go play in a football league sponsored by Saudi Arabia. I mean, it's just the mm-hmm. stupidest thing I ever heard of. So we'll see what ends up happening, but um, that's where that is. So, the golf world goes quiet for a while. They are playing this week at Hilton Head, where we played a couple years ago. A nice um, tree-lined golf course. Some big names there. I think Justin Thomas, Jordan Spieth, um, Ricky Fowler, they're all playing this week. So, um, yeah. So My maybe, boy. Maybe Rick gets gets it back, you know. Big Lick Rick. There you go. That's right. This is a PG, PG show. Oh, my um, man. So we'll wait to not watch him on the weekend. <laughs> So we'll see. It's a tough golf course. We played there. I mean, it's just a kind of get a claustrophobic in there. Although they did lengthen, I saw the second hole they added like sixty yards to the par five. They, well, it wasn't. I mean, the short the course short. Yeah, very so, very short. Because I mean, I when we played it, I think I hit at least 
six four iron off four irons off the tee, and it wasn't like I was putting myself in a position where I was hitting like another four iron into a, a green. So, I mean, I was hitting four irons in the middle of the fairway, and I was hitting a wet or not a wedge, and a, a short to middle iron into most of the par, par fours. So, I mean, it's short compared to some of those courses that they play on the PGA Tour. Short is the widest fairway. I missed the fairway though. You hit it into someone's villa or condo or whatever, right in the right in the Well, the caddy got in my head. I mean, he talked about how wide it is. You can't miss it. The son of a gun got in my head. You got to be tougher than that. Well, no, he got in it, and I was toast. I mean, I blame him for that. Four, four right. <laughs> that thing was far right, folks. But um, so good golf course. It was so far right, it was almost left. It was rough. It was rough. It was a, it was a tough way to finish. I, I didn't have my driver, though. Remember, I broke it. The yeah, because you keep breaking all your drivers. So I was playing with yours. So um, I think it was more the club than the person holding the stick. But mm-hmm. that's my personal opinion. So watch some golf this weekend. It's Easter Sunday. Maybe you turn it on. Maybe Ricky Fowler can win and, and, and get back in the game. So we'll see. It's nice to get back in the game once in a while. And it'd be nice to see Rick back in it. So... I don't know. I need to get back in the game. We need to get back in the golf game, you know? We got our first tournament next Saturday, so um, next time we do the podcast, we'll we'll have the tournament under our belts and see see where we finish, so. Yeah, they can all um, look at our trophy through our podcast. The, we Whether will, we win or not, we'll tell them that we, we will have a new picture with the trophy if we win, so we'll see. Um, but anyway, so two other topics we probably need to hit for a second. Number one, the baseball season has started. And, um, you know, baseball is the longest season, I think, of all the sports. And, I mean, it kind of wears on and on and on. But your Detroit Tigers, Stephen, give us a uh, – what do we got, about six games under our belt now already? Yep. So tell so, us what, 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 what you're feeling about the Tigers. Um, I'm a little disappointed in the two-and-four start. Uh, they played the Chicago White Sox in the opening three and then the Boston Red Sox. Uh, yesterday was definitely a disappointing loss. They were up three nothing and then went and lost five to three to this uh, this this afternoon. They played the Red Sox again, went up one nothing and then gave up six runs in this in the fourth inning. Um, the Tigers pitcher, I don't know how to say his name entirely, Eduardo Rodriguez. He had a, he had a good start and then he, he was all, he uh, he had two outs in the fourth and then Candelario makes a, a throwing error. And then they go on to pile on six runs that inning after he only given up one run. So um, disappointing um, to see that they're two and four, but six games into the season, they got 156 more. So plenty of more opportunities to get a lot more wins. Um, if you're a Tigers fan, you should be happy with Austin Meadows. Um, a tremendous two-hitter, uh, left fielder. And another person I want to talk about, obviously, is Torkelson. Uh, started off really slow. I think before today he was one of thirteen to start the season, and today he went two of four with a home run, his first career home run. Uh, so that's obviously a huge sign to see. He's a, just a great hitter. Um, just needed, I think, see see a few hits, see a little bomb, get it off his bat, see a little home run, um, kind of just build some confidence. I think he probably did that today, and hopefully um, could be more consistent throughout the year. Um, only thing I don't, one thing I don't like about a rookie for the, not a rookie, a young guy for the Tigers is Akil uh, Badu. Uh, he swings at every pitch that's thrown, so I think that's kind of reminiscent. Like he he kind of re- replicates uh, Brendan Bosch about ten years ago. 
a guy that came onto the stage. I mean, Badu was a little bit more of a, a highly rated um, guy in the uh, prospect before he came to the Tigers, but um, I think t- uh, pitchers are, finding, are figuring him out first pitch. Probably don't throw him a strike because he's going to swing at it anyways. And then once you're up 0-1, you know, a pitcher kind of can just do what he wants and kind of control the, the at-bat. And I think pitchers are kind of figuring that out. But I will say he plays extremely hard. He's a great outfielder. Um, hopefully he can develop a little bit more plate discipline. Doesn't quite have that right now. I think he's so eager first pitch just to swing at anything. Uh, doesn't really matter if it's at the head, shoulders, knees, and toes. He's like Vlad Guerrero. Um, he just swings at everything. Um, hopefully he can get a little bit better with that. I don't think he has a single walk on the season. I mean, I guess it's only six games in the end of the year, but um, I think a lot of guys usually can get on base um, with a walk before uh, six games are over in the season. But um, Cabrera, ah, I felt the same way about him last year. Um, he is definitely a player that, uh, is not providing really anything anymore. Um, hopefully he can get to 3,000 hits. I think he only has eight more now to go, uh, which would be an awesome thing to see. But um, definitely got some young guys that are going to be good. Uh, Matt Manning, uh, school, uh, Tariq Skubal, and uh, Casey Mize, three guys that are um, extremely young that are going to be, I think, at least two out of three, I think are going to be really good pitchers. Maybe even all three Tigers can get lucky with all three of them. Um, so, I mean, I think the Tigers are going to be solid. I think they're just going to take a little bit of time to get get hot. Um, but I think, without question, I think they should be 500 or better at the end of the year. I think they got a lot of young guys. I think they're going to be kind of a, a second-half team, second-half of the season team. Um, who's so, this Guardians player, this rookie who's doing all these historic things? What's his um, name? I'd have I, to saw it on, on I haven't really seen anything other than the Tigers. Um, his name is, let's see. Guardians. Um, oh, Stephen Kwan. He's a rookie off to some historic start. I thought maybe you would know more about it, but you don't. No, I don't really. Hmm. Anyways, I hear he's... he's batting over 500. I mean, he probably hasn't had too many at-bats so far, but... I hear he's just, like, doing something historic for a rookie. Well, five RBIs is pretty special for six times. Um, that's, that's absurd, to be honest with you. Well... Well, he has, we'll find out more about him as the year goes on, but I just saw it on Sports Center. Yeah, he's seven of fifteen. Oh no, he's ten of fifteen. That's yeah, that's pretty pretty good. Uh, two doubles, a triple, four RBIs. What says he has five RBIs? Wow. But um, that's right, pretty right. good. Seven walks. That's that's crazy, actually. <laughs> I don't know. I I haven't. I don't watch the Indians. Um, maybe I'll catch a game before too long. But he's a five foot, nine hundred and seventy pound guy. He's not a very big guy, but obviously he's being effective. And that's one thing that's nice about baseball is it doesn't matter if you're six foot nine or five foot nine. It doesn't matter if you're two hundred and eighty pounds or one hundred and eighty pounds. Never small. Yeah, I mean, when they say size doesn't matter, baseball is definitely the hopefully the only recipient of that saying. Um, so, I think size matters in other things. Um, oh, okay. We'll talk about that later. Yeah, that's not, not uh, where I was. I didn't want to go there with that. That's a little. But anyways. Um, yeah, I'll so let other things do the talking. He sounds like a nice kid. He, uh, I don't know. I just heard on SportsCenter, and I thought maybe you would know more about him. Um, I mean, I'll still have to look at that I want more. you to look up. I want you to find out what's so historic about him. But anyways, other than that, almost had a perfect game yesterday. 
Can you imagine a perfect game through seven innings? The manager pulls the guy. Only had 80 pitches. Let him go for it. Wow. A perfect just, game. I'm not disagreeing with the logic. I'm just uh, saying every every organization does the same thing. Now they uh, they are very conservative. It's very rare to see a pitcher even get to 100 pitches. Probably within at least the first month or two of the season. Um, where I mean, 100 years ago, they, it was more likely than not to throw a complete game, whether they threw 200 pitches or 150 pitches or 300 pitches. Um, they just, that's just the way it was. That's, I guess that's the way baseball is going. Um, more and more conservative uh, with the thought of protecting the pitcher's arms. So, I mean, I think it's bad, but I mean, I think it's something that you shouldn't do because it's, you're taking a pitcher away from making something that doesn't happen obviously very often. I don't know how many perfect games have happened in the MLB, but it's obviously not doesn't happen very often. Um, you said he was at a, he had a perfect game going through yep. seven. Yep. Yeah, so I mean that doesn't happen very often. Not even a no hitter doesn't happen that often. I mean, there's going to be probably ten no hitters this year, but maybe in fifteen. But there probably there might not be a perfect game at all this year. And, I mean, it doesn't happen every year, so. Um, it's obviously a shame that they took him out at that point, but uh, it just, it's, one it's just the way baseball's time. trending. I mean, if you are an avid baseball watcher, you could think about the way, I don't want to say money ball, but a couple of years ago, I don't know if it was two years ago in the playoffs or last year in the playoffs. I think it was two years ago in the playoffs where the, the Rays pulled, and I can't think of the, the pitcher's name in the, the bull, from the bullpen. Um, they brought a guy out from the bullpen. I think it was a starting pitcher, and he was having a great game, and they pulled him because they thought statistically the other guy from the bullpen would match up better, and it didn't work, and the Rays ended up losing. And I don't know if it was in the World Series or not, but I think it was in the World Series. But, like, that's just the way it is. It's not really based on feel. It's not based on belief. It's not based on um, if that guy's hot. It's based off numbers. It's Numbers don't lie, apparently. Numbers don't lie, and size matters. And we're going to finish up just for 60 seconds talking because we know the NBA playoffs have finally started. Again, we'll be, I think, golfing somewhere towards that time when it's about to end. But, um, you know, they got the playing games going right now. I don't quite understand the playing games because some of the teams that lost are playing again. But regardless, um, we don't have LeBron James, which I think makes it wonderful. It actually makes me say to myself, I almost want to watch the NBA just because LeBron's not in it. But we'll hit some of the more exciting things that happen as time goes on, um, wherever it goes. I know Steph Curry's out for now. He's injured, might start practicing again. Maybe he can get back. Um, I know the Nets won their playing game yesterday of the Cavs. They get to play the two-seed, the Celtics now. They're probably, you know, they got Kyrie and um, Kevin Durant. They're both back and playing, so... Obviously, Kyrie's got some fresh legs um, since he didn't play much this year because of COVID. <laughs> um, so, you know, maybe they could be a seed that kind of comes out of nowhere and maybe takes care of the Bucks and, and that side of the bracket. And, um, of course, I guess we all wait and see what happens with um, um, with the um, Suns. Can they kind of get back if everyone gets healthy on their team? So it um, should be quite kind of interesting to see. I think... Um, you know, last night the Mavericks beat, um, um, not the Mavericks, the Timberwolves beat 
the Clippers, I think, and knocked or got them in some game. I don't know, but yeah, it was kind eight. of an upset kind of there. And um, I think it's Patrick Beverly plays on their team, and you know he kind of got the the door showed to him in L.A. and um, had some choice words for his teammates after his ex teammates afterwards. So some juice trying to get going in the NBA to get him excited. So again. Not quite sure. I'm going to have to do some research on these playing games. And I thought a playing game was you win and you're in, and if you lose, you're out. But yeah, I don't think they so. do six through ten, or not six through two. I think it was that. I can't remember. But they do. Then they play like they're playing for the eighth. But they play. I don't know. It's, it's not complicated. It is. It's stupid. They, everyone, <laughs> you just basically play 82 games and you're in the playoffs. There you go. Essentially. But not the Lakers. LeBron. He needs little Bronny or whatever his name is to. I think make it. Sorry, LeBron. Sorry, Lakers fans. The Lakers are the Cowboys on this team, on this podcast. We don't really want to talk about them, and it feels also good that we don't have to. I don't talk about them because I don't care about the NBA. Well, you have I to hate care the about NBA. the NBA. It's well, not basketball. Well, it is what it is, and we have to talk about it. So we'll talk about it when the finals start. So if you're looking for an NBA podcast, go somewhere else. But yeah, I mean, if you expect, if you guys expect any NBA talk, then we will have to find people that will talk about the NBA and bring them on to the podcast. And I mean, they'll have to get in line because there's I think we thousands of people that want to. Um, we coming up too. Yeah, we could also once again have to ask somebody else to talk about that because <laughs> I don't really watch. I'll watch hockey in person. I find it's fun to watch in person and hang out with people and drink a nice cold beer um but don't really watch the nba i'm a pistons fan don't watch them um, i'll root for them obviously if they made the playoffs but they didn't but uh all right don't really there's care for the nba, our NBA. don't really oh. care for the nhl that much either so so the goal is going to be um next weekend we're gonna uh, we'll recap our first golf term of the year we will dive in a lot to the NBA to figure out what's going I mean, the NFL, sorry. Um, the NFL as the draft will be just a couple weeks away. We saw Mel Kuyper come out with his newest draft update. He's got a quarterback from Liberty in the top six now. Yep, going to the Panthers. So we'll see how that's really going to play out. Um, some rumblings that Green Bay might move up to take an Ohio State Buckeye wide receiver. Um and um, they're gonna have to after they lost Devontae Adams. Yeah, that's gonna be some interesting. It's gonna be impossible to fill his shoes. And the Chiefs, what did I hear? The Chiefs today have like six draft picks in the first two rounds or something. I mean, they Mm -hmm. can really load up too. So we'll get deep into the NFL draft um, next week as well, and of course all the other hot topics going on. But until then, enjoy your Easter dinner. See ya.